Welcome to Truth, Culture, Life. I am Royce Hood, and I am joined today by our fr- good friend, Sierra, Hyde, uh, Sierra Heidkamp from North Dakota. <laughs> I don't know. I, I almost got your name uh, tongue-tied there. I think too much caffeine, Sierra. How's it going in North Dakota today? Oh, so wonderful. The sun is out. It's shining. We just had blizzard number ooh nine for the year, I think. <laughs> we were yeah. trapped in this week, but it was good. It was a good time to bake cookies and hang out and reflect during you know this time we're in so it was bake, good bake cookies i gave cookies up for lent so oh no yeah <laughs> i gave up all sugar pretty much all sugar for lent you know from anything sweet um, oh wow yeah it's been it's been good actually i've, I've sort of been enjoying it that's good. I I try to stay low sugar. We um, didn't do our holiday baking this year, and with the winter storm, we actually went and after uh, we did snow shoveling, we gave it to our neighbors because we have a lot oh, of older go. folks that live in my town. <laughs> very very cool. Just uh, community stuff. <laughs> exactly exactly. All right. So Father O is yep. joining us from Naples. Father, what's going on in Naples? Hey, what's going on in Naples? Uh, like a lot of things are going on here in Naples uh, this weekend. We have the uh, fashion show for the Sunlight Home. And I will be there with the ladies about uh, noontime tomorrow and uh, do the invocation, talk a little bit about Sunlight Home, which you are going to be uh, having as part of the Naples Summit for Life as part of the project for the uh, two-day extravaganza, correct? That is right. You know, Sunlight Home is amazing. Father, tell us a little bit about Sunlight Home. What, What do they do? Okay, what they do is they take care of women uh, who are pregnant and, uh, well, they have no place to go. And uh, this is a maternity home. And uh, they take them uh, from practically around the country if they want to apply from around the country, but especially, you know, here in Florida. And they give them a place to stay. They give them counseling. They give them education. They help them have the baby uh, to uh, take care of the baby and even help with, uh, with adoptions. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great organization and I love, I love being a part of it. And they'll have a, probably about, I'd say about three or 400 uh, women attending this fashion show. Now, Father, are you going to be modeling any clothes? No. Are, you part of, are you part of the fashion show? No, I am going to go say hello to all of the ladies. They'll have some of the women with their babies there who've had their babies and are still at Sunlight Home. And then... I will have lunch and leave. <laughs> so no modeling. All right. I got it. I, yeah. So, And then at 3.30 in the afternoon, there is going to be a uh, meeting or some kind of a, uh, a book signing little party uh, with the former Vice President Pence uh, here in Naples and Father O is going to be there to do the invocation over there. So like a lot of uh, big things are happening here in Naples. Then, you know, with you coming down uh, with the uh, summit uh, for life on the 28th and 29th. Yeah, that folks, 28th and 29th. 29th uh, and 30th, 29th well, and 30th. I know, whatever it is, 29th and 30th. <laughs> Come a day early, you know, uh, I'll, I'll be glad to meet you. But anyway, uh, it's going to be just that this is a hot time here in Naples. I mean, the weather is hot, not like North Dakota. Uh, it's very hot and very beautiful, not like North Dakota. And, uh, you know, we, we hope that you'll sign up for it. Or, you know, uh, Robin Hood, are you going to Zoom this? Uh, like, could people Zoom into this uh, summit? We might be able to do that, actually. It's a great idea. We can live stream it. So Father's talking about the, the Naples Pro-Life Summit 
which is being presented by Action for Life, which is a, a group that Father's associated with, and the Action for Life TV show that Father hosts in, in South Florida. Um, and we have some incredible speakers coming from all over the country. We're going to have a great, great event. We're doing a airboat ride. We're going to, um, we're going to, I think, hopefully get Father to come on the airboat if he's, if he's not. I, I, he said no so far, but we're going to try to convince him. The alligators will get me, you know. Well, um, yeah, you know, Father, I think you'd be safe. We could put you in the middle and <laughs> strap you down, and you'd be good. But no, and then uh, we're gonna do a pep rally at at Ave Marie University. We're gonna do a tour of Sunlight Home and bring some supplies that, that they need. Um, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and then lunch followed by the Law of Life Summit on the thirtieth. So NaplesSummit.com. If anybody is interested in going down to Naples, it's a beautiful time of year. I would encourage you to do that, and you'd be able to meet Father and get his autograph. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then we're going to have it at the, uh, what's the name of the church we're having it at? Center Point. Center Point. Church. I mean, conveniently located. And uh, you're having a lunch in there too, right? There's going to be free lunch, uh, courtesy of one of our uh, sponsors, Leadership Institute. So everybody gets to eat for free. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot, really, really cool event. And hopefully this will be the first annual. Next year, we want to make it even bigger. And maybe... <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll get um, we'll get Sierra down there next year also and do a uh, broadcast from on location. That would be fun. Yeah, she can fall out. That yeah, you know what? It's a great time of year. I, I have zero interest in being in anywhere near North Dakota right now. I'm I'm hardly surviving in Illinois. Well, <laughs> we, we remedy your situation. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Trust me, so, I would have. Good. I was just gonna say, trust me, I would have come to Naples if we did didn't have legislative session the second legislative session is dismissed in the beginning of may i'll be in georgia very excited <laughs> well there you go georgia it's almost florida yeah almost yeah, not, yeah. not as good as florida though not quite as good so let's bring in our first guest um sierra had posted a uh like an invitation to ask questions on facebook and i saw susan's question come in and so susan is somebody i met in um chicago last year when we were doing a two-day pro-life summit and um where was that let's bring her in she can refresh my memory susan how's it going hi it's great yes yeah. i met you in schomburg schomburg that's right we did the right. two-day summit in schomburg <laughs> Uh, yeah, in, you know, it's great. You're involved with a really wonderful ministry here in Illinois, Rest in His Arms. Can you tell us very briefly about Rest in His Arms? Right. We provide funeral and burial for babies who have been illegally abandoned and left to die. So when you hear about a child who's been left in one of the most horrific places ever, they become our children and we give them the dignity of a name and a really beautiful Catholic funeral and burial. Don't aren't you also aren't you also involved in the um like the safe haven? Yes. So we don't ever want to bury another baby. So we work really hard to make sure people know about the baby safe haven laws and that it's a safe, free, legal, and anonymous resource for parents in crisis to use. And there are almost 5,000 children alive across the United States because of that law. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think Florida has a safe haven law, Father O. Is that right? I think pretty much every state probably has one. Every state. Yeah, right. We could bring yeah. the baby to the hospital or whatever the case is and uh you know we take care of it right that's beautiful no that's such a i mean it makes sense and that's the kind of a safe haven law is the kind of thing that you'd think both sides of the political aisle 
could get behind. I'm sure there's some people for some reason or another that oppose it. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But it just makes sense. So, um, all right, Susan, we only have a few minutes, but you had posted a question on Facebook and it was a pretty in-depth question. Ask it, ask it. And I thought Father Orsi would be a good one to respond because you're asking about the church and I'll let okay. you ask the question yourself if you'd like. Um, but go ahead. Okay, so Father, given the widespread availability of these do-it-yourself home abortion pills that women are taking, we're hearing calls where these women are facing the awful reality of they have aborted their child at home and they're holding an eight-week or a 10-week baby in the palm of their hand saying, good golly, what, do I, what did I do? And now what do I do? How do I provide a funeral for this child? What, how do I take care of this baby now? Okay. Uh, well, of course, you know, the woman would have to uh, want to uh, cooperate with the uh, resources that are available. Okay. The, uh, the fetus that, say, is only 10 weeks old, again, it's very, very small. And uh, there are cemeteries uh, that will allow the burial of that small child cemetery grant. Have one here in Naples. Thank God, Palm Royal Cemetery. Uh, we have a beautiful little section there for the unborn children. We just had an event there two weeks ago, remembering the unborn. And I myself uh, have been able to uh, bury children there. It's absolutely free of charge. If someone does not have that available to them, what I would suggest is at least to take the unborn child, put the unborn child into a small uh, box or container, and I would attempt to bury that child in a dignified way, either in a local cemetery, and if that's not available, perhaps on your own property. Uh, that, I think, is one of the best things we could do with a situation like that. It's not acceptable to flush the child in the toilet or to throw the child out in, in the garbage. Uh, I think that's about as much as we can expect sometimes from some women who say, what do I do with the remains of my baby? Thank you, Father. You're yeah, welcome. That, you know, that is such, um, such an intense topic to think about. Right. I mean, such a heart wrenching topic to think about, because, Father, as you said, there's probably there's probably women out there, I'm sure, that have flushed the baby, maybe, maybe yeah. even accidentally in some cases. Right. Or just discarded the baby in the trash. And what we want to remember here, what what um, I think what Susan is getting at, and what Father's getting at is these these are human beings made in the image and likeness of God. They have dignity. And so we need to show these these children respect. And so the cemetery, Father, what was the cemetery again in Naples you mentioned? Uh, Palm Royal. Palm Royal. It's right on Vanderbilt Beach Road. And they've been great to work with. I'll tell you what's been most uh, enlightening and most uplifting for me. Uh, we do have children born, uh, miscarriages, sometimes pretty well along in the pregnancy. And uh, there's a wonderful funeral home here called Fuller's. And I call them up and they not only go to the hospital to pick up the uh, remains of the uh, child, uh, but then we'll take care of all the arrangements, even provide a coffin. And then 
they'll call the cemetery for me and I'll call the cemetery and they'll provide the staff that's needed for the burial. So there are wonderful people out there. I think that if you have Catholic funeral homes in the area where you live, that you should make contact with them and ask them if they would provide that service. Here, it's gratis. They do not charge me when I ask them that favor. They're just wonderful people to work with, and they show forth their faith in the sanctity of life by taking care of the remains of the child, having the child either in a casket or cremated in a dignified way, and then bringing the child to the cemetery where I will meet them and will have a graveside ceremony for the deceased child. No, that's beautiful. You know, um, and Father, you distinguish graveside ceremony versus funeral, right? And I understand that there is a there is a distinction when you're when you're dealing with um, with a, a fetus or a, ba- a small baby, right? What what's the distinction, Father? Can you tell us? Yeah, the distinction is this: uh, a mass. We are permitted if we do have a child who is a uh, stillborn. Um, it is permitted to have a mass for the deceased child, but really the mass is for the comfort of the parents because the child uh, has not been responsible for any sin. Now, some will say, well, you know, what about the child who is unbaptized? And the church comes to the realization now that, you know, we used to talk about limbo. And under Benedict XVI, you know, we realized this a long time ago, limbo means we don't know. But God in his mercy, we are sure, will take this child unto himself. And therefore, we can have a mass for the comfort of the parents. However, we can bury a child with a service, a graveside service, because the child doesn't need the mass. And a lot of people today don't understand that a mass of Christian burial is to help the repose of the soul of the person who died to go to heaven. Adult people make sins, all right? They need a mass to help them get to heaven. If they are in purgatory, mass has ineffable uh, value for remission of sin. And we go to the church, we offer mass, we pray for the repose of the soul. For a baby, we don't have to do that. And so what I uh, often recommend to parents is, you know, just have a simple graveside service. And again, it's not for the child's salvation. It's for the comfort and consolation of the parents. So uh, I hope that clears that up. Any questions on that? No, you know, uh, Father, I'm doing all the talking here and I apologize. But um, no, I think you've answered it. Susan, any other questions on that topic from your end? No, I think that that does help too, Father. And and I do rely on God's mercy and praying that um, the 52 children that my organization has helped to bury will maybe be there one day to greet me in heaven. It's, it's my hope that they're praying for me. Clapping for you. Hey, hey Robin, ask you, you know, you could talk about this. Uh, you had to uh, to bury Fulton. Yeah, we've, we buried Fulton and Francis. Fulton uh-huh. was 39 weeks, full term. Um, he passed just after his 39-week ultrasound. He was born still on Good Friday. And um, our entire parish rallied around, and we, we did have a mass for him. In fact, you can watch that mass. It's on YouTube somewhere at St. Jude Parish, Dunlap, Illinois. And it was, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful service for him. Um, and then for no reason whatsoever, 
uh, we lost Francis at 17 weeks and perfectly healthy little baby. Just his heart just stopped beating. It was very strange for, for no medical reason at all. And so um, we had a smaller, you know, sort of a private uh, mass again for the comfort of our family. Um, and we buried him. Francis is buried right next to his brother, Fulton. Um, now, interestingly, with Fulton, because he was a, a bit larger, um, the Trappist monks donated a beautiful casket. And I think that's uh, trappistcaskets.com. And it was a beautiful handmade wooden casket with a cross blessed by these uh, by these monks. And um, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, so those things are available. And in fact, the cemetery that both of our boy, boys are buried at has an area for um, for babies, for infants, for miscarried or aborted children. It's called St. Clement's and it's just absolutely gorgeous uh, uh, Catholic grounds. Um, so, yeah, we've experienced that loss. Um, and wow, it's you know, it's 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 amazing. But I can tell you, having having that service really uh, helped with our grieving process and with our healing process as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, Susan, you brought us a, a great topic, and it was uh, great to hear Father Orsi has so much knowledge on this. Father, one last thing before we go to our commercial break. Um, baptism by desire. Uh, obviously, right. that, that's something that I had never heard about prior to Fulton. And so Fulton was not baptized, but we were, we, um, were told that we could, you know, parents can baptism by desire. What is that, Father? Can you explain that briefly? First of all, that's always been part of the teaching of the church. It was used for those people who were not baptized, but desired to be baptized. Okay, and for some reason they didn't get baptized. So, you know, suppose you had somebody uh, in a, a missionary land uh, that didn't get baptized, but they were in process of becoming a Christian. Right. So they had the desire to be baptized. That was always considered valid. The desire to be baptized. Now. Part also of the desire is the faith of the body of Christ, the Christian community. And so, you know, your child had no conscious desire to be baptized when you brought the child to church for baptism. Okay, if you have a child, you bring the child to church for baptism. But that child had no consciousness of what was happening. Who supplied the faith to bring the child for baptism the Christian community, mother, father, godparents who represent the Christian community and say, yeah, it was the desire of the Christian community that this child be baptized, whether the child was, you know, brought to full term or the child uh, died before being born. So I, I, does that help you out? No, that's great. I think for our listeners as well. Um, thank you, Father. And uh, we need to take our commercial break. Susan, we want to thank you for joining us. Why don't you plug your uh, your your ministry's website really quick before we jump? You know, it's best to find us on Facebook. If you just look up Rest in His Arms, you'll you'll find us out there. All right. All right. You're listening to Truth Culture Life. We want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll be right back uh, after this short break. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. 
what now, is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Fried cod, baked cod, shrimp, grilled cheese sandwiches, mac and cheese, beans, coleslaw, dessert, and drinks. It's time for the Lenten Fish Fry at the Pontiac Knights of Columbus. Every Friday in March, 5 to 7, at the St. Mary's Parish Hall in Pontiac. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Thank you so much for listening to Truth Culture Life. I'm your host, Royce Hood. So this show is a lot of fun to create. I'm sitting in my basement. Sierra is sitting in North Dakota, and Father Orsi, who I am, who I love, but I'm also jealous of because he is in sunny and warm South Florida. Anyway, you never know what we're going to talk about when the show goes into break. And this next little segment, we were actually in break and the dialogue was so good that I decided to use it. So thanks again for listening. And we hope that you'll check us out online at truthculturelife.com. Also, we just want to thank Catholic Spirit Radio for picking the show up. And uh, we encourage you to download their app and to visit them as well. Great, great conversation. I love that in-depth theological analysis, Father. That's probably something we've been missing. We should do that every show a little bit on something. That was, that was amazing. I think that a lot of people have questions regarding that. I we mean, did. I was thinking about my friends. I'm at the age where I've had a lot of friends miscarry. And just having that information, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miscarriage is a very, it's a very difficult thing, and especially as the pregnancy progresses and gets closer to the time of, you know, birth. Uh, sometimes the baby will you know, just die or be strangled on the umbilical cord, and uh, it's devastating. As a young priest in my first, uh, my first parish, I had a couple that that happened to, and the baby died nine months old. And I went to the house, and uh, the parents were crying, and I ended up crying with them, and. Uh, during the uh, COVID crisis, they were thinking about me and I hadn't seen them in 40 something years. And they reconnected with me and told me about their children and grandchildren. How's that? Uh, you're gonna make oh, me cry, beautiful. Father. I was crying. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> we're all gonna my, cry. Oh my God, my mom had a miscarriage before me and uh, my brother and I are complete opposites. Like we have nothing in common and we wanted to get a sibling tattoo we won't talk about tattoos on the show. My apologies, but um, us the we, tattoo. Do you have a tattoo? Tell us, do you have one? I have a couple, and uh, so uh, we did a we did a Roman numeral tattoo. But I'm the oldest, technically, you know, alive. So I got two, and my brother got three, and we didn't tell my parents until they saw it, and that was like a huge thing because we wanted to, you know, honor our sibling that had been lost in miscarriage. Oh, so so that. You got a tattoo about the sibling that was lost. Mm-hmm. So like, te- like, so I have Roman numeral two. My brother mm-hmm. has Roman numeral three. Uh-huh. One was for the baby miscarried before me. Okay. Any anything else you want to tell us? Wow. And we're not even we're not even back on. Although this is good content, I actually might use some of this. Yeah, well, so. you know, 
It's only amongst us. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I never hide it. It's right there. All right. All right. So we're going to come back in. I might sli- splice some of that in. That was entertaining. Um, and I, I think father was about to give uh, Sierra absolution. I don't know if we can do that. How <laughs> yeah. about my tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, all right. So um, look, let's just go right back into the conversation. We're back with truth, truth culture life. I want to thank everybody for listening to this show. So we're just um, off the air and we might, we, you're going to hear some clips that we were just talking about um, just following up on that topic of miscarriage. And it's just, just incredible uh, what, what mothers and fathers and, and families go through. Uh, father was talking about, um, you know, a baby that um, had died and the family reconnected with him after 40 something years. And it's just amazing. Um, the, and those children, I can tell you for us, like they're a part of our family. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're not here with us. But I mean, they're, they're like a part of our heart. You can't, you can't explain, I can't explain it, but they're never not here. Like they're with us <laughs> in our heart anyway. Or they're, you know, um, you go ahead. Well, Father. No, I, Sierra, go ahead. I was going to say, and I mean, I can completely understand that and relate to that. It's that, you know, it's the culture of life. Like we all believe that those are babies. Like those are little baby humans. And because of the miscarriage or anything, it, doesn't take them away from us. They are still a part of our story. And um, I really liked what Susan said. She was talking about how she hopes that the 52 babies she's been able to help with her nonprofit, that they're praying for us, watching over us. And I really like that. That was beautiful. No, absolutely. It reminds me of something uh, Joe Scheidler, he was the founder of uh, Action for Life in Chicago, used to say, He and I, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, but it was along these lines. He's like, you know, we keep doing what we do. We keep you know, advocating for the unborn until that faithful day when uh, we hear the words, welcome home, thy faithful servant. And he always said that. And it just, and he always said, you know, he expects and he hopes to see uh, any of the children that he had saved um, if, if he has uh, the grace of going to heaven, which he, he was such a humble guy. Right. So I love that. Let's, you know, and this conversation, by the way, about, about babies is great because our next guest in a few minutes when he joins is going to be talking about a constitutional amendment in Florida that he's working on. Let's switch gears for a minute. Sierra, you and I were speaking about some different things that have been trending. Why don't you jump in with any one of the topics you want to talk about? We'll bring Father Orsi in and have a conversation about that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so... um one thing that I've been seeing a lot on Twitter and just social media in general is a bill uh, that the Senate has just passed, the U.S. Senate, about not being able to use ESG scores when it comes to investing. Um, are either of you familiar with the ESG scores or kind of what it does? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd fail. <laughs> <laughs> is this the same as ESP? Like, am I supposed to read Father's Mind? <laughs> <laughs> no no you, so know, e- you know me long enough you know my mind <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. so tell tell our listeners what esg is Sierra. so an esg score is an objective measurement or evaluation of a given company fund or securities performance with respect to environmental social and governance issues i have no so idea basically <laughs> Yeah, it's it's rating people based on a subjective scale. So you're looking at environmental. What's your carbon footprint? Um, how much are you producing? Uh, are you taking care of the environment around you? Whatever, clean products. Social, are you taking care of social issues, which is highly subjective? 
And then governance issues, you know, what different things have you come out against and spoke against or spoken support of? And it provides a legitimate score. And then the government wants to use that for what you can invest in. So, so these are these are social scores, right? This is this going to take replace something like the credit score. I don't know if it would necessarily replace credit score, but it's along the same lines. It's along, you know, it's they're talking about doing this in other countries, China, um, in Canada. They actually have a credit card now that tracks all of your purchases, and at the end of the year, it's going to give you a score based on how much gas you bought. Um, how many airplane rides you took, uh, are you buying clean, reusable products? It's going to legitimately give you a score at the end of the year and mm-hmm. rank you based on your... I want to ask you some follow-up on what Robinhood said. Will, will it affect your credit score? And you said you weren't sure, but I, I think it will. This comes the World Economic Forum. And uh, mm-hmm. if you people where they can invest, well, why not then say, well, you know... Uh, we're not going to give you a loan because we don't like what you want the loan for, or you don't pass muster, you know, for uh, our, our vision of uh, humanity. Uh, you know, that, that's, how, that's how dangerous this is. Imagine telling uh, people where they can put their money in their 401s and 403s. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. have environmentally friendly countries. You have to have countries that are, uh, or, or, or companies that are, you know, socially acceptable. You know, do you, do you have diversity? Do you have uh, inclusiveness? I mean, this is, this is what this has come to. Yeah. No, oh, for I, sure. I, well, and go ahead, Sarah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, you know, because the labor department, so Biden's administration has been implementing this rule where, um, you know, retirement fund managers should be considering ESG scores. So you're completely right, Father O. Um, so the the Senate, by a bipartisan vote, voted to make it so that you cannot do that outlaw it. And Biden has already come out and said he will veto it when it comes to his desk, and it will be the first veto of his presidency. A bipartisan. So even though it has bipartisan support, you know that's because he's in the pocket of the WEF, right? Is there any any same with Trudeau? I mean, Trudeau actually, you know, is is like a poster child of the WEF. Um, you know, and Father, I worry too. I mean, something like this, it could be weaponized in any manner. Of course. Talking, uh, IRS, you know, maybe IRS penalties, who knows? Maybe there's some penalty or tax or something, you know, against people that have a high enough score or compulsory education. They call it re-education in some, some you know, fashion. That's right. Regimes, right? That's, yeah, Canada is a prime example of what's happened. And, uh, of course, it will discriminate against people who uh, think – Differently. So if you are, just say you are a conservative, uh, you might not uh, be able to get the, the loan you want or the, the job that you want. Uh, mm-hmm. Your company might be able to get the contracts that the company wants. Do you see how dangerous this is? This marginalizes people who uh, respect freedom. Well, and, yeah. you know, the, the perfect example about this, too, and like where this could lead to. I don't know if you guys saw this tweet, but. United Airlines just had a huge marketing campaign where they had their first flight from San Francisco to Sydney, Australia, with an all LGBT plus crew. And they had painted uh, an LGBT pride flag on the side of the plane. And like that's just the virtue signaling that people are going to start doing if we're implementing ESG scores. And my thing is like, I couldn't care less 
how you identify or what you're doing. I just want to make sure my plane doesn't go down. Yeah, is well, this going to be something now where you have to pick between an all LGBT plus crew or just a normal crew? I don't know. I mean, I mean, imagine that just because somebody's a lesbian, oh, they get uh, you know they, they get uh, favorite treatment in hiring because you want a diverse crew on a plane. They're nuts. No, that's, look. That's I, yeah, what Sierra's saying is is the bottom line. I, I'd say 99.99% of people could care less. Right? They well, just who, would, who would know? Who would know? I mean, <laughs> I, hey, yeah. Miss, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? don't call them stewardess anymore. What do they call them? Flight attendants. What would they call a stewardess on a plane like that? I don't even know. I, I'd get my, I'd be in all kinds of trouble because I'm not politically correct at all. I wouldn't know hey, what to say. Say that when you're on that kind of a plane, you got to say them said to me. <laughs> them <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, you know that's this is why I like boats and cars. And honestly, I, <laughs> I've always liked boats. We used to take a boat ride to the Bahamas when I grew up in Jupiter. It was beautiful. Two and a half hour boat ride. And I always knew, even when I couldn't see shore, if something bad happened, I could float for a while. I'm pretty good at floating on my back. And father's <laughs> a swimmer, right? Uh, you know, something happens in the plane, you're just, you're kind of just done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. It's, I, I don't like flying either. I will always drive. I was just telling somebody, I think I have, oh my gosh, I have like 10 weddings this summer. I have a bunch of conferences and I'm flying or I'm driving everywhere. I'm, that might be as many weddings as father does in a summer. <laughs> Well, I don't, tra I don't travel to any of them anymore. I, you know, you, I did. I mean, for you. But yeah, I mean, you came. We had you in Peoria at one point, Father. We should never <laughs> let you leave. We should have kept you here. I should have kept you. <laughs> I should have kept you here in Florida. That's true. That's a good point. Watch yeah. out! Watch out when you go to Naples. He might try to kidnap you. You know what? It's fine by me as long as I can bring my wife. You may. I'm making. You can't refuse. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm ready. I need a tan. I, I can't tell you where, you know, it's so funny. I put on flip-flops the other day and I mean, it's just scary how pale white my feet are. It's, oh. yeah, I, I used to enjoy getting tan. I, I, you know, you know, why don't you just take off your shoes and show us? I should, you know, I would, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not that limited. Father. <laughs> All right. So funny. So let's bring in our next guest uh, before our next break. We're going to bring in Mark who happens to be in Florida as well as father. And uh, Mark, go ahead and tell us a little bit uh, about you and about the organization that you're representing. Royce, thank you so much. And Sierra, nice to meet you. And Father Orsi, it's great to see you, my friend. Good great to, to have you. you on this today. Thank you. Nice to see you. So I'm a lifetime Floridian, uh, married 30 years this year, father of three precious children, I've been a pro-life guy my whole life. I was actually adopted as an infant uh, in the mid-1960s. Found out uh, later when I got a little older that my birth mom was a single teen that didn't ex uh, plan on being pregnant when she found herself unexpectedly pregnant. So technically, I'm the product of an unplanned pregnancy. So I always grew up with a very strong regard for the sanctity of life when I became a Christian and began to understand what God's word had to say about the preciousness of life. It's just been a lifetime passion for me. And uh, living in Florida, I became very uh, frustrated quite a few years ago watching what was happening in the Florida legislature, or what or I should say what was not happening in the Florida legislature in regards to the protection of preborn life. 
And so in 2018, I attended a men's prayer breakfast and God really knocked on the door of my heart. And that led to what I'm doing now, which is serving as the state chairman for Protect Human Life Florida, which is the sponsoring committee for the Human Life Protection Amendment. So it's a citizen initiative with the objective of qualifying for ballot placement in 2024 in the general statewide ballot so that Floridians have the opportunity to vote our proposed amendment and approve it, uh, which would provide constitutional protection for preborn life uh, at every stage of development in Florida. Wow. So that's kind right. of the summary. Oh, that's great. So Florida already has a, uh, is it, Father, what is it, a 15-week ban on abortion? Is that correct? week ban right now. Uh, we're working toward, at the moment, a 12-week ban and uh, to a heartbeat uh, bill. So we're moving along. I have to remind people, uh, certainly, and I hope Mark is very successful in this attempt, but oftentimes it, it's incremental and we have to get what we can get and work toward making it perfect that there'll be no more abortions. I have to remind people, you know, sometimes uh, the perfect stands in the way of the good. So we have to work incrementally. Mark's situation is a, a little bit different because it goes directly to you. The voters don't have to go through the legislature. And so it's a different way of coming at this. So I can only, you know, pray that uh, that Mark is successful in this amendment. We, you know, we are so far off from anything, anything like this here in Illinois, but it's interesting you know, maybe a voter-backed ballot initiative would send a signal to Springfield. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's something we could ever muster here in Illinois because we, you know, we've, you know, abortion on demand, abortion tourism, right? That's that's Illinois. Um, and uh, so, Mark, I applaud you with with what you're doing. That's uh, pretty pretty exciting that you that you're working on this. I'm just curious, how many signatures would you actually need then to to get something like this on the ballot? So obviously, Florida is a big state and the bar is high. Uh, the way that they set the bar is it's based on 8% of all the votes that were cast in the previous presidential election. And we had historic turnout in our last presidential election. So the bar to qualify is 891,589 petitions. So you can just round that up to a million. Our objective is to get a million petitions turn them in to the supervisors of elections of all 67 Florida counties and have them validated by February 1st of next year. So we're at less than a year at this point to qualify. Uh, and so, as you can imagine, it's quite an undertaking. Well, good for you. We wish you lots of luck. People can learn more about this. Go ahead. Where do we stand now? I mean, you know. How many signatures does he have? I was wondering the same thing. Yeah, great question. So there's 28 initiatives trying to get on the ballot. Uh, the one that has the most right now is a recreational use of marijuana initiative. Oh, yeah. They've, yeah. they've spent twenty five and a half million dollars since August of last year paying professional petition gatherers. And they have a little over four hundred thousand petitions on the board. So they're knocking on the door of getting on the ballot uh, of the 28 total. I think about 20 of them don't have any petitions turned in. We have a long way to go. Uh, we, because we're not paying professional petition gatherers, we don't have a requirement to turn them in every month. So we have county captains and county teams around the state that still have petitions in hand. Once they get turned in, the supervisors have up to 60 days to validate them. And then they show up on the board once a month. So 
Uh, we're showing up much less than that 400,000, but please pray that our effort would succeed because we need to get on the ballot. And to what Father Orsi said, we recognize that in the legislature, things do happen incrementally because you've got different partisan politics taking place. You've got elected officials that have to appease a constituency, and we totally understand that. The beauty of the citizen initiative process is that we don't have to have our proposed language uh, approved by committees and by partisan lawmakers. And so when you read just the first line of our proposal, which says an amendment recognizing the God-given right to life of the preborn individual, that then goes on and defines a preborn individual as a preborn human person at any stage of development. Here's what's important to understand as I wrap up. This is the Florida Constitution, all 98 pages of it. It was ratified in 1968, and there is nothing in this document that speaks specifically to the protection of preborn life. However, if you go to Article 10, there's an entire section that speaks to the protection of pregnant pigs. So we have pregnant pigs protected in our Florida Constitution. We believe that it's time that preborn human life gets at least as much real estate in this document as pregnant pigs. And that's our objective, Royce. Uh, yeah, you know, that's interesting. Uh, oink, oink, right? Uh, yeah, recently, actually, I'm not, not going to say where where it was, but I was really amused because we were trying to book a venue for something. And the lady was like, yeah, let's do a con. You know, we're going to do a conference at this particular venue. And I'm not going to say who it is. But it was really funny because we had multiple conversations. And all of a sudden, she came back and she's like, wait a minute. This is going to be a, a pro-life conference? I thought you said it was a wildlife conference. And so we ultimately decided, but uh, yeah. So look, there's always been an emphasis, right? And it's interesting how people people want to protect, you know, puppies and, and pregnant dogs and pigs and things like this, but but there's no thought about babies. So God love you. I think what you're doing is great. I love the idea of of taking taking this burden really off of the politicians for a moment. And and because you're taking it away from them, they don't have to worry about their constituents in this point at this point. Right. You can you can go right to the voters. The voters can hold them accountable and say, hey, we're going to do this ourselves. We're going to take matters into our own hands, you know, by the people for the people. Right. Yeah, that's a great point, Royce, because ultimately the voters have the say regardless, because they're the ones we're the ones, Father Orsi and I that live in Florida that elect our representatives. And I believe in the constitutional Republican form of government where representatives go to Tallahassee and represent uh, these various issues. The problem we've had in Florida is so many of these bills that could protect the preborn are not being allowed to ever proceed onto the House and Senate floor to be debated by our elected officials. They're getting sidelined oftentimes by leadership or they're getting shoved aside in the committee process. And so that's when we realize that we have to take this. If this is Tallahassee, we go right around the legislature and we take it right to the people. And then ultimately, those same people who send their representatives to Tallahassee will have their pen in hand and they'll sit in the ballot box. And then they have to decide yes or no to providing constitutional protection for preborn human life at every stage of development, knowing that this Constitution has protection in it for pregnant pigs. All right. Life. We, we love it. We are out of time for this segment. Mark, we want to thank you for joining Truth Culture Life, and we wish you the best of luck. And maybe we'll have you back in a few months to check in and see how you guys are doing down there. Um, so thank you so much for joining this program, and we'll be right back after our break. <laughs> 
Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Am I pregnant? This is often the first question a woman needs answered when she comes to the Pregnancy Resource Center. What now is the second question. Living Alternatives Pregnancy Resource Center is committed to providing excellent care, compassionate support, and honest information to those facing pregnancy decisions through authentic relationships that display grace, honor life, and foster community. Living Alternatives needs your help to encourage and support women in Bloomington Normal. Make your donation or find out more ways to get involved at PregnancyResourceCenter.org. Fried cod, baked cod, shrimp, grilled cheese sandwiches, mac and cheese, beans, coleslaw, dessert, and drinks. It's time for the Lenten Fish Fry at the Pontiac Knights of Columbus. Every Friday in March, 5 to 7, at the St. Mary's Parish Hall in Pontiac. Has Catholic Spirit Radio touched you? Maybe it has brought you closer to God or even into the church. Tell us your story. Call or text our listener comment line. If you like, you can remain anonymous. 773-541-4159. Did you see that Tennessee actually just passed a law banning public drag shows? I wanted to get Father O's opinion on that and yours as well, Roy's. Well, I, I tell you something, you know, this drag, drag show stuff is like, it's been a big issue down here in, in Naples. Uh, they had a vote. On uh, Tuesday, I think it was, uh, people were protesting, and, and rightly so, that they have Gay Pride Weekend in Cambia Park. And uh, part of that now is a drag queen show. They had it last year, and uh, certain uh, religious communities and people who just have common sense were protesting it, and they went to uh, Naples City Hall, a large contingent, and they urged the city council to vote against it. They lost five to two, five wow. to two. Are people and, afraid to, uh, why did they lose? Is there, is there enough support or are people just afraid to speak out about this? I have no idea because four of the council members, well, three of the council members, including the mayor, who's pro-life, uh, said that uh, they support LGBTQ and uh, they didn't want to uh, prohibit the uh Gay Pride Weekend and the Drag Queen. What still value is there to a drag queen? I don't know. It's well, ma- yeah. it's 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 perversion. I mean, why would you have? A, it's a man dressed up like a woman, but more like a clown. It's an insult to womanhood. I and it, it's vulgar and it, it it's dangerous. You have children going to a public park and seeing the drag queen. I I don't get it. So it's allowed here in Naples, uh, city of Naples now. And you're talking about Tennessee. I applaud them. There's no social value to it all. And they're having these drag queens going to the public schools. For what? I don't know. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, They're not the only state with legislation. I mean, like North Dakota, too, we are still in legislative session, but we've passed a bill to do the exact same thing. It's insane what we are allowing our kids to see. And I just think with misinformation, this 
guilt that they're putting on parents that we're not exposing our kids to everybody and accepting of everyone, whatever that means. It's absolutely insane. And that makes me think too of the other topic I wanted to talk about today, which was social media. And uh, I had mentioned to Royce, you know, I have, I don't go on Twitter all the time, but the last week, every time I've gone on Twitter, I feel like it's just insane with the violent videos, the videos from this one gentleman, or I, I guess I don't necessarily know how he identifies, but um, he talks about children who want to be transgender and how to get away from their parents and to stop talking to their parents and he can be their parent now. He has this whole private platform set up where a child can message him without their parents seeing and figure out how to get away from their parents. But Sierra, the FBI is busy going to Latin mass and investigating pro-lifers, right? Uh, I mean, these, these people are groomers. Uh, that's all there is. That's all there is to it. And what bothers me about the drag queen thing is somebody, you know, God gave us free will. People can do what they want to do. They're going to do what they want to do. They have since the begin, you know, beginning of original sin, right father. But I don't want my kids anywhere near it. And these aren't like, you know, uh, you know, it's not like some Broadway play where they're dressed up in a, you know, some form of classy manner. The, the videos that are circulating of these people twerking and doing these grotesque, you know, very sexualized dances at library, you know, drag queen book story hour. It's just unbelievable. It's it's not it's not anything that you would want your child to to look at. I mean, it's it's terrible. It's it's pornography. It's pornography. It. Yep. A good thing to have a child watch porn. I mean, you need a checkup from the neck up. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as pornography. What they do, the vulgar motions, it's it's just, it's inconceivable. No, and uh, what Sierra's talking about too, um, with all the violent videos, I've seen this as well. We were talking about this offline. It's a separate topic, but there are multiple videos circulating. There was one where a guy just, you know, standing behind a homeless person sitting on a curb and very slowly loaded his gun. Like it took him a couple of minutes points at the guy and shoots the guy in the head point blank and executes the guy from behind. And this video circulated on social media and it's, what is, what are we witnessing? The other ones that we're seeing are, you know, kids attacking teachers or brutalizing people. And I hate to say it, but there's a lot of, a lot of times there's a, there's a race element to this as well. Um, and it's, it's bizarre. And the only thing I can, that comes to my mind is that we're seeing a degeneration of morality in this country. I mean, there's always been violence, right? Father, since, since Cain and Abel, there was violence. Cain and Abel. Yep. But I feel like what we're witnessing now is, is just this open blatant violence. Yeah. There's not even an attempt to hide it anymore. You know, Sierra brought, you know, something up about, you know, the use of uh, social media, uh, you know, smartphones. I've been reading more and more about how, uh, social media is a great influencer, especially of young people. And parents are not paying close enough attention to what their children are doing in their rooms, on their computers, on their cell phones, on their iPads. My opinion, and I know I'm right about this. I am unanimous on this. <laughs> You're right about everything, Father, right? Got it. You know, I hear some parents now are giving their kids not smartphones, they call them light phones, that they can only make a phone call in an emergency. Mm -hmm. So I think that parents 
better start taking away uh, these phones that they could connect, you know, children, they're immature, they're young, and they're watching these of certain sites, and they're coming in touch with people who are downright evil and letting mm-hmm. them run their home. No, and well, even- go ahead, Sarah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's like twofold too, because you have the issue with social media. Children see all of these other children who are attacking their teachers, who have like these social trends going for them and they think that they can do as well. And the other thing is how technology has just taken over our child's lives. No, I think we lost the air there. Um, yeah, you know, I can attest to that, you know, how technology has taken over our lives, father. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and look, I, I'm guilty. At least and I are guilty of this to some extent. I mean, there's been times where we're doing something and we, we hand the kid the iPad and there's a movie and we put a movie on for him. Right. But we try to keep a close eye on what it is that they're actually watching, um, mm-hmm. because even on even on YouTube, if you go to YouTube and you type in a Cocoa Melon is a big one or Peppa Pig or any of these. And some of these are, I guess, not as good as you think they might be. You type these things in and then 30 seconds in, there's a commercial. And I'm not kidding you. Um, there was at one time where we they were watching one of these ABC mouse shows or something and a, an HIV commercial came on, you know, about, you know, prevention. You know, here's a, a pill you can take if you have HIV and there's same sex couples in the commercial. I'm like, this is a flipping kids show. Like, why did they need to see that ad? And we have zero control over what is inserted around this content. And chances are good. You hand your kid the device. You're not sitting there looking over their shoulder the entire time either. That's right. A lot of people just give their kids, uh, you know, social media connections to get the kids out of their hair. Yeah, go, yeah, go, go play with this thing. And, you know, they don't even care what the kid is watching. You know, but adults are doing this, too. I was just at a fundraising dinner for our, our local Catholic school. Great Catholic school, St. Jude here in Dunlap, Illinois. And we were sitting at the table and they had these silent auctions. And so we're sitting at a table with some strangers, people we don't know. And everybody is on their phone because you, you put your bids on the silent auction items from your phone. And we were laughing about it. We we're like, look at us. Instead of talking to the people next to us, we're all you know worried about you know how much is the weekend getaway and how much are the socks going for and so forth. So that's that slippery slope I think people were afraid of when TVs came out, right, Father? Yeah. Um, anyway, well, listen, we, I think we're about out of time. This has been an interesting show. We've, we've hit a lot of different topics. Uh, we had two great guests on. And um, by the way, I just want to make an announcement. Truth Culture Life, in addition to being uh, broadcast on Saturdays and Sundays on uh, Catholic Spirit Radio, is now being pushed out through Catholic Spirit Radio to all the streaming platforms. Previously, we were only available on uh, Spotify. Right. Now we're on every major streaming platform through the Catholic Spirit Radio uh, platform. So that's really, really exciting. We want to thank them for pushing us out. And uh, we want to thank people for listening Father, I am looking forward to seeing you in just a couple weeks in Naples. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you, too, because we have to uh, talk some turkey. All right. Well, listen, that's, that's fine. We're, uh, I, you don't have to twist my arm. The, the trick will be checking with my wife and getting her permission. I, I am ready to move. And Sierra, we might have to bring you down there, too, at some point <laughs> to get you out of that cold North Dakota weather. That would be wonderful. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Now we have a daughter of our own A father's love is not something you can give away
Thanks for listening to Truth Culture Life. The song you've been hearing throughout this episode is Since That Day, a song dedicated to my family that I gave to my wife for our anniversary back in 2020. You can hear that song online at YouTube slash at Royce Hood. Be sure to download the Catholic Spirit Radio app at catholicspiritradio.com.